everybody, it's Monday. We gotta get the ball rolling. I got this NCLEX topic for you, typhoid fever. Do you know it? Plus, how to pass NCLEX Monday motivation. We got it all wrapped in one. Hi, if it's your first time here, my name is Regina Callion. I am the number one NCLEX instructor on the planet. And I come here every Monday to sit down with you and we initiate a new class. So we have a lot to talk about, but if you signed up for my Valentine's Day NCLEX review, I got hot news for you. The workbook is out. And let me tell you, this is a free NCLEX review on maternity pregnancy. It's going to be focused on uh challenges. That's what I'll say. I'm going to challenge you guys. Uh, also, we have the V2 sale still happening. This is the final opportunity for that $89 price at the two months subscription. Content plus question bank is the most advanced NCLEX training system on the market. Oh, also, ta-da! The workbook for Love Your Content is complete. Mark and I are on the cover of it. You will see, it's giving seven days of NCLEX vibes. You guys are gonna see in here is the grief assessment form for anyone who has failed the NCLEX. We put the grief form inside of here, but it is going to be a two day free NCLEX review. And um, we are going, I'm challenging you guys. So if you studied maternity in NCLEX V2, if you have watched my lectures, or if you just think you know, if you just think you know pregnancy, come to this re review because I'm giving you a case scenario. And I was trying to show you like a photo, all right, of our first patient. Um, I'm gonna get there, just bear with me. Okay, so this is our first patient here. We are gonna be talking about this lovely young lady who will be presenting to the Remar nurses thinking she possibly could be pregnant, but she has some symptoms of burning with urination, some nausea, but you know, she also has a history of gonorrhea and chlamydia. So we have some work to do. This is happening. This is all happening the day after Valentine's Day. So sign up for it. If you have not signed up for the review, go to remarnurse.com forward slash love. Somebody put that down for me forward slash love. And um, the, the workbook, let me see, the workbook will go out tonight. So you still have time to sign up for this class. It's happening next week. It's happening next week. So get into it. I want to see you there. I want to see you there because it's another free opportunity for us to do a class. All right, let's move into our topic on today is typhoid fever. Now, I can imagine most of us have not really studied typhoid fever in a good while. So this is a great Monday for us all because we get to expose ourselves to this information. So typhoid fever, what you need to know is that this is a fever, an infection that infects where? It is mostly going to be affecting your gastrointestinal tract, okay? And occasionally in, in the blood, right? It's in the bloodstream as well. But it's caused by a bacteria called Salmonella typhi, and it's a rare disease. It's really rare because most of the time people get it when they're traveling outside of the United States. So most cases of this 
happen in underdeveloped countries. But I don't know if you noticed it, but it seems like people are doing a lot more traveling since COVID has like, you know, uh, loosened up a bit. So these types of issues will be uh, re-emerging in the United States due to all of the traveling that's taken place. And I know for me, one of them, I'm traveling. I love it. Okay, so we're talking about typhoid fever. How would you know if your patient had typhoid fever? What are the signs and symptoms? Now, the symptoms can be mild or they can be severe. And this is with most diseases, right? Because with a bacterial infection, it's going to be severe based off of how much of the bacteria you have ingested, right? How much contact have you come in with this particular pathogen. So the symptoms can be a sustained fever, chills, headache, constipation, diarrhea. And with typhoid fever, half of the people are experiencing constipation. The other half are going to be experiencing diarrhea. From the research I did, it's like a 50-50 chance you have either one. Abdominal pain is also noted, enlarged spleen or liver, and there's a skin change that happens where you have what is called rose-colored spots on the trunk. And these rose-colored spots, you see them on lighter pigmented skin, of course, more, but the skin is blanchable. So you still have circulation there, but literally you'll see like little circles on the patient's skin. It's very interesting. Uh, and then so the symptoms may appear three to 60 days after the exposure, but usually lasts eight to 14 days, all right? And so right now we are talking about typhoid fever. And did you notice something about today? Something about today that's different about Monday Motivation is we're starting not at noon, but we started early. So that's why it's so important for everybody right now to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not done it, or if you're on Facebook, like the Facebook channel so that you know when I go live. Uh, and this is the easiest way to keep track of all of our classes and when we start, okay? All right. Now, you must understand how typhoid fever spreads because this is an issue of safety and isolation precautions. Safety and isolation precautions. So this salmonella typhi is passed in the feces and the urine of infected people. So the germ is literally spread by eating or drinking water or food contaminated with the feces of an infected individual. Now you may be saying to yourself, how? How is that possible? But you tell me, typhoid fever is only spread from person to person, okay? Like literally typhoid fever, it has to live in a person in order for it to grow and replicate, right? So, I mean, I just read that the only way to get it is by eating or drinking food that is uh, contaminated with the feces of a person. So in our everyday experience, how is that possible? Give me some examples of how you can catch typhoid fever. All right, and give me some examples while I read this testimonial from Rachel, 
who says, hi, I took my NCLEX on Saturday and I passed. I could have not have done it without Remar. The V2 in your live videos really made a difference. Thank you, Regina and Mark. Thank you, Remar. That's Monday motivation for you around the nation. I love it. Thanks, Rachel. We say congratulations to you. You did it. You can, you will, and you did pass NCLEX. I know it feels so good. Oh, and another one, Mercy. Mm, hi, Regina and Remar Nurses. I passed my NCLEX. Thank you for everything. I'm officially, man, I just love it. Every time I read it, I'm officially a Remar nurse. Amazing. That's a huge responsibility. It's not a title that just anybody can take. It means you have overcome some unusual challenges and you have been dedicated to this community it means you show up for class, you've done the lives, you've filled out the workbooks, you have quick facts. There's a lot to be a Remar nurse. We, uh, we do some stuff around here. Okay, so here we go. I asked the question, yes, how can you get typhoid fever? And it's easy. In undeveloped countries, they bathe in their water and play in them, and they use these same waters at home. They go fetch it and then use it at home. Mm, thank you, Esther, for enlightening me on that. I know a lot of people said, just people are not washing their hands after use. Yeah, so that's that too. Water is scarce, so maybe you're not washing your hands after use, but then maybe you work in a place where visitors come and you're in a kitchen cooking or you're selling things, you're selling water or you're selling, uh, you know, items and, and tourists come over and they buy them. Well, they can get typhoid fever. Okay. So food, basically, yeah, food, food. Got to be careful. So that's what we're talking about. All those are great examples of how typhoid fever is spread. I'm so glad you guys came so we can dig into this. All right. Um, next question. So who are at risk? I spoke. There was an extra L in travelers. Sorry, y'all. Who are at risk for typhoid fever? Uh, travelers to a, a geographic uh, region or area where the cases are high. South Asia, Pakistan, India and Bangladesh. Also, infants, young children, young adults with underlying comorbidities, such as if they have anemia, malaria, malnutrition, HIV infection, people with HIV, yeah. So the, and particularly with HIV infection, what the research shows is that if they get typhoid fever, that they're uh, mortality rate can be very high, very high. Some people are saying I put Africa on that list. Typhoid fever um, can also be found here too. Cool. Put your comments on the screen because this is in a learning environment. And because I know we got nurses from all over the countries, all over the world and planet, put where you're from down so we can have your representation here on today. We're talking about Hell, we talking about typhoid fever, and this is not an issue that we have really in the United States, but we need to know about it for NCLEX because we take care of international patients here. So where we got people from? Nigeria, Liberia, Guyana, ah, Africa, all over. I love it. Jamaica. Welcome, Jamaica. See, Jamaica got the dengue. I know about dengue because of Jamaica. Kenya in the house. Cameroon, 
Oh, this is me want to get out those flags. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Hi, AT. Love it. All right. So diagnostic findings. The main, the main laboratory confirmation is blood culture, and this has limited sensitivity. All right. So really because of the widespread microbial resistance, this can be a challenge. But blood cultures are preferred as the laboratory method for things such as enteric fever and typhoid fever, okay? Uh, so when you are doing that, we are again looking for that salmonella typhi, and this is going to know, this is going to be how we know it, all right? Y'all just want to shout out, y'all want me to shout out everybody. I got Sierra Leone in the house, also the Philippines. All right, I see you, Florida. I see you, South Carolina. Youngstown, Ohio, stand up. I love it. My hometown, Kenya. Yeah. All right. So I'm I am on I am on the location. And I just want y'all to know that this is what makes Remar unique is literally when I say time for class, I assemble the Avengers of nursing. Okay. From all over the planet. Y'all show up. So uh, that's all. I ain't I ain't going there. Texas in the house. Here we go. Okay, so. The treatment, check out these, uh, check out these pharmaco pharmacological treatments. You should be aware of what every one of these does. You should know the classes, where they come from. This is the language of passing NCLEX, okay? So when we talk about Cipro, when we talk about azithromycin, the carbapenems, you, you, you gotta know them, all right? You have to know them. And I have done... I have done pharmacology lectures on all of these. So if you don't have quick facts, I did this on the live. Uh, the steroids, dexamethasone, this is something that's used across many different disease processes. So we are to know these medications. Now, during the treatment regimen of typhoid fever, which is what we're talking about, the nursing you know, the nursing professional has to teach the patient that washing their hands with soap and water is going to be primary. Also, they're not allowed to prepare food for other people. They, they just cannot do it. Okay. And then also uh, they will do a blood test to make sure that this is not in their body, is not in their body anymore. Okay. Prevention. So there is an injectable vaccine for people over the age of two, if this is an issue in your uh, country. And then also a live attenuated oral vaccine is able to be administered over patients who have over five years of age, okay? Now the vaccines though, they don't provide long-standing immunity, but they are able to cover you. So if, if, a, if a traveler, is coming to an area they could possibly want to explore getting one of these vaccinations. Okay. All right. All right. Our nursing considerations, we always want to leave with nursing considerations and client education. So nursing considerations, of course, this is a fever. So we have to uh, we have to monitor the vital signs. We have to record intake and output also increasing oral fluid intake because with fevers, you can have problems with what? 
It's, it's a very simple connection. If you have a fever, you can become dehydrated. If you have gastrointestinal issues, such as we saw diarrhea and or constipation, you're not going to want to be eating. You're not going to want to eat. So that is something to monitor for as far as caloric intake. Now we have to assess the pain level. We have to assess, of course, location, duration, intensity, and we can give the analgesics as they are prescribed. Nurses can never give anything without an order. I know some of us may say, Professor Regina, we know that, but we may, we may have new nursing students that don't know. Okay. And then we are observing for chills and profuse diuresis. A lot of this is what we call complementary therapy. So we do have to provide tepid sponge baths and the antipyretics too. Client education. And this is for travelers. This is for people in general. This is how you don't get food poisoning like me, okay? And that is to ensure the food is cooked properly and hot when it is served. Avoid eating raw food or food made from raw milk. Only drink pasteurized or boiled milk. I don't know. I guess this is a problem potentially when you travel outside of the U.S. Avoid ice. That's something that I learned a long time ago. If you are in another country, don't drink anything with ice in it because even though the water may come from a bottle, typically the ice does not come from the bottle. The ice just comes from the normal um, water distribution you know, centers. So never drink ice if you're traveling. I've, I've, I heard that specifically for like e Egypt, India, those places, never, never use ice. So I don't know. Y'all let me know. Did y'all hear that? In Mexico too. Somebody told me that about Mexico too. Never drink, never eat ice there too. Okay. So anyways, uh, when the water safety is questionable, boil it as well. And then hand hygiene, mm -hmm. wash fruits and vegetables carefully. All right. Watch fruit and vegetables carefully. All right. Now, let us do our NCLEX questions. All right. And before we do this, y'all know how we do. The whole idea is that we work together now to unlock the bonus question. So we have 211 people watching on YouTube. We have 39 likes. So we no, we have, yeah, 211 people watching, 39 likes. So we got to get to 90 likes we can do it. That's only 60 more likes. So everybody stop and pause right now. Like the video. I'm going to go to the first question. Okay, here we go. Okay, so, so, so we're going to do like a 50-50. Here we go. First question is this. What? There we go. First question is this. Typhoid fever is commonly caused by which microorganism? <laughs> I already saw it, but I don't know. Tuberculi bacilli. Salmonella typhi. Staphylococcus aureus or Escheria coli? What do you say? Ah, everybody is like, we know this one was easy, but that's good though. I need you to be able to recognize it because if you're taking next generation NCLEX, 
one of the case study, right? One of the first steps of the case studies is being able to recognize things. And so we just need to make this association real quick, real quick. And everybody, we're on one accord. I'm looking for y'all to give four out of five today. Okay, four out of five. Correct answer is number two, of course, is number two. We know typhoid fever is also known as enteric fever, and it is caused by salmonella typhi. Yes. And so this fever is bacterial. Bacterial, bacterial infections tend to be more severe than viral infections. Did you know that? Bacterial infections, they tend to be more severe. And so this infection can spread throughout the body and cause damage to the body organs. Now, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Here we go. Typhoid fever most commonly affects which part of the body? I said this early on. So if you were on time for class, you know the answer. But anyways, it, number one, bone. Two, intestinal tract. Three, the heart. Or four, the kidneys. Which one is going to be most affected by typhoid fever? Shout out to my Remar nurses. You came to class on time today. You came to class on time. And because of that, you're rewarded with knowledge. You see how it works? Yes, the intestinal tract. Many people, I bet you if I put this on somewhere else, they would not have known that. But you guys knew. So if you learned one thing today, you learned the typhoid fever in the intestinal tract go together like hand in glove. All right, so... It's mainly going to be the intestinal tract, but it also can be found in the bloodstream. We know that this bacteria only lives in humans and people with typhoid fever actually carry the bacteria in their bloodstream and intestinal tracts. That's why it is that fecal oral route that is the transmission base. And so symptoms include prolonged high fever, fatigue, nausea, abdominal pain constipation or diarrhea. This is some good stuff right here. This is a good topic. I really like it for today. The client asked the nurse how typhoid fever spreads. Which of the following is the best response of the nurse? Through insect bites, touching of surfaces, through feces, and sharing of towels. Come on and give me the answer. And how we are evaluating ourselves is this. Are we following the steps to pass NCLEX? The steps to pass NCLEX are simply this, review content and then answer questions. That's it. That's how you pass NCLEX. You study the subject first because you may not remember it in nursing school. That's why we do it here. You do the subject first and then you answer questions about the subject to see Am I a strong greeter? Do I have a good memory? If I just started asking y'all questions about typhoid fever and we did not talk about it, I would be crazy because I would be expecting you guys to answer stuff you don't know. That's a waste of time. And you guys waste your time when you're in these question banks and you're doing a thousand questions just to say you did a thousand questions, but you really have not mastered and understood and grasped the main portion of the content. All right. So remember, you heard it here first. The question banks are secondary. They're never the place to start. They look nice. They look shiny. People talk about them a lot, but they're not great for learning. They're great for the last two weeks of 
your exam, like the last two weeks before your exam, when you're kind of just focused on questions, but they're never the starting point, especially if you fail NCLEX. Okay. All right. So anyways, I'm talking about how typhoid fever is spread. And you guys understand the assignment that it is spread through the fecal oral right, which is what we've been talking about in this class. Great job, everybody. So we definitely have to watch where and how we're consuming food products. And that doesn't matter if you're in the country or out of the country. Okay. Mm, this is a good one. And this is the last one before our before we evaluate to see if we made it to our, our bonus question. So here it is. Which among the following is considered a vulnerable and high-risk client for typhoid fever? Is it number one, a four-month-old? Two, a 17-year-old? Three, 25-year-old? Or four, 40-year-old? Oh, these were peep teacher. Okay. Three, the 25-year-old athlete, two, the 17-year-old teenager, or one, the four-month-old infant. All right. What? <laughs> All right. I see the answers on the screen. Great job, everybody. Great job. Great job. I think we're all on one page today, which, you know, that's just beautiful to see. That's just beautiful to see. Amazing. I think you guys did it. All right, the four month old infant, yes. All right, that's amazing, here you guys go. Uh, those people who have limited or no access to clean water and proper sanitation have a higher risk of contracting typhoid fever. So additionally, vulnerable members of the population such as infants, young children, travelers, and people with HIV and comorbidities, These people are more prone to getting typhoid fever, typhoid fever. Okay. Now the bonus question, did we make it? Did we, did we reach our 50, 50 share goal? I think I had only asked for 90. So I'm checking my phone now. Did we get it? Yeah. How many do we have? We have a hundred. I have 111. No, 111. That's good. We're rolling with that. All right, here's the bonus question today. Congratulations, guys, you did it. All right, congratulations, you did it. Here's the bonus question. We're going from five out of five, yeah, okay. Okay, which amongst the medications will the healthcare provider anticipates to order for clients with typhoid fever? So typhoid fever medication, is it remdesnivir, amylodipine, Azithromycin or Zuvidine. Mm. I feel like we talked about these recently. I feel like, what was the subject? We just went over remdesnivir. Was it, oh, was it for COVID? It was for COVID, I think. Yeah. So what are we saying? Oh man, this looks like it's about to be a five out of five day for a lot of people here. That's what we wanted. What a great way to start off Monday. I'm not gonna even prolong this. You guys got it today. You took in this typhoid fever like nursing masters. And so azithromycin was the antibiotic therapy because remember, um, we are going to be needing something very strong for typhoid fever. Fluoroquinolones can also be uh, ordered, cephalosporins, 
macrolides and carbapenems can also be given. And for NCLEX, I need to tell you guys this, we as nurses, we really don't have to know like, okay, um, in this situation for the infant, we need a fluoroquinolone or cephalosporin. Let the doctors figure that out. You don't need to know that. Um, you don't need to know if there are several options for a disease, which one should we go with? Mm -mm. The doctors will tell us, we just need to know, number one, what is the medication going to do? Two, how is it properly administered? And then also knowing the 12 rights or 20 rights, right patient, right time, right dose, right route. We, got, we still got to know that stuff too. Okay. All right. Congratulations, Remar nurses. Your typhoid fever has been served. It was an amazing class. Shall we transition to the next part of this class on Monday? which is Monday Motivation Hi, my name is Chelsea Davis. Just recently passed my NCLEX exam. Thank you so much for your help. This was my third time actually taking the test. The first, the first time kind of thought that I was prepared. The school had me prepared, did not happen. The second time I was rushing things. So the third time I had to, you know, kind of humble myself and get into the position to take the test. I will say that it is a big challenge and it takes dedication. The I used the virtual training. I did have to get closer to the Lord. I kind of humbled myself and kind of prayed a lot and kind of brought myself back to who I was before I even got in a nursing program. So that was part of my mental to get straight. And then I did the virtual training. I did the questions at the end and I also did the quick back book. Outside of that, the questions that I utilized were um, questions that I already paid for. And I also utilized the questions from Raymar also. And it helped. I did 75 questions and I was out. I literally did the test and I said, oh my gosh, 75. So I went from a test taker that had 145 questions to 75. And I was like, Either I really, really failed or I really passed. But Raymar definitely, definitely really helped. And I really, truly appreciate your drive and how you are helping nurses out here. And I thank you from everything and God bless. Oh, that was a sweet Monday motivation. I love, listen, did y'all hear her testimony? She said she took this test not one time, not two times, but this was her third time essentially not giving up. This was her third time going back into the ring to fight Mike Tyson. So if you have felt your NCLEX before, take this testimonial and put it inside your heart to know that when you really want something, you don't give up. Also, if you signed up for Love Your Content inside of the workbook for next week's class is the grief form. Failing NCLEX is a traumatic experience. There is grief associated with the disappointment, um, having to talk to people about your failure, having to evaluate yourself. It's a process and you don't really feel good. You feel actually really low. So there are some questions that you can kind of reflect on that will help make the experience shorter. Mark and I were, we were listening to this, uh, we were listening to this sermon this weekend and the pastor said, 
you can't shorten grief time, right? Or difficult times, but you can certainly prolong it if you keep reliving the experience and negatively relating to it. And so I don't want you guys to do that for NCLEX. We want to, even if you felt it, we want it, we want it to be healthy. We want it to be a healthy experience, okay? In the end. And I love that testimonial because she says she had to humble herself and get closer to God during the challenging time. And for some of us, we do, we have to humble ourselves so that when we come to class, we come with an attitude that I am not where I'm supposed to be, but I'm on the way there. I'm on the way there. So let's have some humility. I think nurses, sometimes we do struggle with being very arrogant, especially after we get our license. There's a, um, I don't know. There's a spirit of su superiority that we really struggle with. I think that's why it contributes to the bullying in our profession. But if we can be humble and see ourselves, it'll be so much better. So my Monday motivation was this pain is temporary. Quitting lasts forever. That's a word right there. Quitting lasts forever. And I needed to recognize what is happening right now. This is National Black History Month for us in the month of February here in the United States. So listen, when I talk about pain is temporary, pain is temporary. And I'm just going to do a little historical review because if you don't know where you come from, then you won't know where you're going. And in this country, my ancestors had to experience this thing called segregation. Okay. And segregation was solely based on the color of your skin. And what happened was if you were a certain color, then you had to, um, uh, you had to experience life differently. You had to have a lower experience in your life, no matter how hard you worked, no matter how good of a person, no matter how kind you were, you did not have access to certain things. And so this man right here is drinking from a colored uh, water fountain. And, you know, so we see things like this and we're like, yes, I know that this is, um, I know that this was a thing in the United States. All right. But from a nursing perspective, there is also implications to not just having a colored bathroom or a colored water fountain or sitting at the back of the bus, but healthcare. Healthcare wise, there were disparities uh, amongst the black community that honest to God still exist in certain areas. There was a, a, a lack of resources. There was a lack of emergent care provided to colored individuals because of the, 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 the segregation of their health care. So when you have a black doctor's office, then that means that the hours were only a certain amount of time during the day. So God forbid you had an emergency, right? There was no ERs for black people. So that means that any concern that a black person had from a healthcare perspective was delayed. It was not prioritized. It was not given. It was not given the acute care responses that it deserved. How many people know that that is still happening today? 
How many people know that the mortality rate of black women, all right, who come in and say, I'm in pain or I'm having a new condition, how many times are those women sent home? How many times are their concerns not fully addressed? Come on, somebody. Um, not Let's talk about Black women in maternity. Let's talk about these Black women who are having babies and not surviving a two-day hospital stay because they develop complications that are not recognized. They develop blood clots, right? They have hemorrhaging that goes unnoticed. It is a problem. It is a problem. And so we have this, uh, you know, we, we have this experience that we have come a long way from. This is a month that we should be proud of the sacrifices. The Monday motivation is pain is temporary, but quitting lasts forever. And so there were a people that said, this is not right. This is not right. Right. And so when we talk about the pain that is required for change, let me tell you something. What you're going through right now is nothing. What we experience today in terms of difficulty and challenges just to get through nursing school, just to you know get a job, just to get by. We are more than blessed. We have it easy. We can't even compare our experience to 1930s in America, to 1940s, to 1950s. We are literally in the 2020s. What are we complaining about? The Wi-Fi not working? What are we complaining about? Really, seriously, all right? Because our ancestors, when they wanted change, it came with pain. When they wanted to get into a school or get into a restaurant, it came with pain. All right. And that pain that they experienced, they had to know on a very real level that it was temporary and that they were going for something bigger. So for any of us to sit up here and say, I can't do it. I can't go on. My life is too hard. People trying to make it difficult for me, for people to say, my haters is keeping me down. You don't have haters. You don't know what a hater is. All right. Nobody, nobody has haters like that today. I'm sorry. This person has a hater. You don't have a hater. You have space and opportunity to do what needs to be done. So if you fail NCLEX, pay that $200 so you can show up again. That's not a hater. That's not the devil. You just need to do it. Okay. We are blessed. We are more, more than blessed. All right. You ain't got no haters. And I, and I, and I want to say this too. When we talk about the change that took place, this was a change because, you know, we can try to marginalize it and say, Oh, it was just this group against this group. But no, we all literally blacks and whites had to come together for us to be where we are. So I don't want to discredit the white individuals that supported e equality because since since slavery, there has always been white people who said that ain't right. 
this is not right. I'm watching, you know, I, you guys know I have three kids. So I have a six-year-old and I also have a nine-year-old. My baby's turning nine tomorrow. But for the last couple of months, we've been watching Roots. You guys know, I don't know, you, you guys know Roots, right? So I'm trying to, you know, tell them about the experience of African kings and queens, doctors and sciences who came to this country to basically be, you know, slaves. My kids, when they saw black people in, you know, in the fields back in the day, I would say, who are they? And they would say, those are slaves. And I, and so I had to correct them to say, no, those are not slaves. Those are scientists. Those are mothers. Those are kings. Those are doctors. Right. And this is the perception that we have to get back to. And it's not identifying people by the color of their skin. It's not marginalizing people because of their experience. When you look at somebody, when I look at you, I tell y'all this all the time. Y'all are millionaires. When I show, when, when I do a class and 300 people show up, 300 millionaires show up to my class. And so even watching something like Roots, you know that the Underground Railroad, it, it, you, you know, those things would not have happened. Those things would not have been successful without the help of white Americans. And so we collectively have to come together and go back to this time and be able to talk about it in a real civilized way to say that, no, it took a collection of really amazing people to stand together to end uh, this inequality. And it's gonna take a collection of really amazing people to continue to progress because we're not finished, right? There's still a lot of work to be done, particularly in nursing, which is why you guys need to get into nurses. You need to get into nursing because we have a lot of work to do. So I say all that for the Monday motivation, which is this, okay? Your life is full of choices that you should make. And even though we are experiencing these choices today, they really do affect the outcome of your future. What you decide to do today in 10 years, you will be grateful that you did it or in 10 years, you will be upset at yourself. Don't make your older self hate your younger self because you did not understand that pain was temporary. Okay, I'm preaching to somebody today. Let me stop preaching. Let me just say this too. Maybe I can say this too. <laughs> in achieving your dreams, if you are in a scary situation, if you're in a painful situation, you have to think, well, you know, am I going to be able to endure this for a short time or am I going to lose the chance to do it? Okay, so don't let your pain knock you down. Our ancestors did not do it you know, always choose to get back up no matter what, okay? Always choose to get back up. Always choose to get back up. That's it. That's it, guys. I just wanted to come on here today and tell you that things are not as bad as you think they are. You're actually doing really well. You're actually having more than what you need. You literally are blessed Somebody said this, blessing is your portion, healing is your portion, prosperity is in your portion. Um, all these things you already have, you already have them. So passing NCLEX and getting your nursing license, you know, that is just icing on the cake that has already been prepared. And the doggone thing about it is you didn't even have to make the cake. You just handed the cake. The people, our ancestors, they made the cake. 
they gathered the supplies, they put it together and they baked it for you. All you got to do is sit down and eat it. All you got to do is show up to the table and sit down and eat it. So we ought to be grateful. You ought to be telling somebody, thank you right now. Thank you, Jesus, that I was born. I mean, thank you, Jesus, I was born in this time and not the other. Because some of us, the way we complain, we never would have made it. They wouldn't have even been able to make a movie called Roots because we would have just gave up from the very beginning. But we here now, so we got to make the best of it. And I'm looking forward. I'm looking so forward to your testimony of how you have become a licensed nurse in 2023. That's going to be your testimony. Hey, also, did you know this? I am doing a maternity class to, uh, next week, next week, <laughs> Valentine's Day. This is Love Your Content. I need you to go and sign up for it because I'm dropping the workbook tonight. Also, my NCLEX review is on sale. It's not $200. It's $89 right now. So you get my content plus my lectures. I might put on a little lecture today. Uh, but it is going down. The workbook is going out tonight, actually. Mark is going to put the workbook out tonight. If you have not signed up for this class, you need to do so by going to remarnurse.com forward slash L-O-V-E love and the workbook will be going out. So once you once you go to the website, you're going to put a little information, your name, your email address, and then I'll send it out to you. This is the workbook. It's not that many pages. You guys know how sometimes I can get carried away, but it is a little workbook, but it's a two-day class. It's a two-day free class. So I'm coming to tell you on today, show up because we're going to have a, we're going to have a fun time. Okay. We're going to have a fun time and I will see you guys later. That's it. It's Monday. I got to go. I got to get ready. And if you're in V2, I'll see you. I'll see you in V2. I'll see you in V2. Do the pregnancy lecture. If you have V2, do the pregnancy lecture before the love your content, which starts next Wednesday because it will help you with the clinical simulation. We're bringing clinicals to the classroom because that's how we're going to pass NCLEX. And that's how we're going to be safe nurses. So I love you guys. I'll see you next week. I'm your Valentine. If you don't have one, just, just keep it cool. We're going to spend the day after Valentine's Day together. All right. See you later. Bye-bye.